just a bunch of witty banter. Good guy, Papa. Hey, I'll equip, you'll have equip, we'll both have equip. What you just noticed was a lot of mellow beeps, and that's because <laughs> it's mellow time. It's late at night, you're listening to witty banter, but it's not another episode. Instead, <laughs> it's an off-the-cuff deep cuts. It's getting yeah. real personal in here. This yeah. is Deep Cups number two. It's salty again. It's going to be good. I hope it doesn't get too salty in here. Last it's not going to get too salty. Last time you were here, salty. it was salty. Would you guys just hold on a second? We need to do some freaking <laughs> introductions. I apologize. No. I just figured they know who I am by now. This is Witty Banter episode number two for Deep Cuts. Okay, What Deep Cuts is, it's a little deviant from what we normally do. We're not doing news items here. We're not talking about what's going on in whatever industries. Instead, the concept of Deep Cuts is each one of your... I guess cast members brings a question and the other ones react to it. So that's that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Um, I am Chase Williams. To my left is Max Scott, friend of the show. What's up, guys? It's been a while. I haven't been here in a hot minute. When is this your fourth appearance? <laughs> really hot minute. I think so. And I think you guys kind of kept me away after the last time. I know it got pretty <laughs> hot in here. I was shutting down a lot of people's the mentality, answer. a lot of opinions, you know. Everybody's bringing up some good points now and just, you know, knock them back. And we, I know you guys are getting well a little intimidated. Flyers I understand. Austin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting pretty eyeballed on my way up here, you know, by most of the people on the street. <laughs> Is he oh, thank you. Thank you for having me back Is he out coming? again. Yeah, thank you for having me out. <laughs> Regardless, one more time. to my right is Hunter Dorset, the man I can always rely What's up? on. Y'all know who I am. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> before we dive into the questions, Max, I know that you've had a lot of beef with the podcast recently. I talked to you on the phone and within about a t- 20 second period, you had already popped off like three or four things. Just so uh, go ahead. Take the floor. Okay. The first thing I want to say to call us out. Hunter. Number okay. one. Okay. Factually. And I told her I would come on here when I said it or when uh, you guys were saying it. She listened to the podcast. Andra's name is Andra, not Andra. And she was very offended when you guys pronounced it. Andra. You said Andra on the podcast. I, everybody called it. Everybody else called it out. I messed it up. I called her Andrea the first time. You said I Andrea, and then yeah. somebody else corrected you to Andrea. That was and me. And you want to no, say that it's supposed, say to be, it's supposed to be Sandra without Ness. And I told her that I would come on okay, here well, and clear the Okay, well, if Andra listens to this, which we're going to upload it, so hopefully she does. She will. Andra. She listens to most of them, yeah. You're the shit, and I'm sorry. Your name's Andra. I'm acknowledging that. All right, everybody knows it. It's a hard name. I get it, I'm guys. Sorry, That's yeah. why I went it up first, because there's another real beefy no, thing no, no, that no, I got to I want to apologize, too. I'm sorry, Andra, because most of all, I think you're a badass. And yeah, she's all right. To, to really <laughs> hurt right. my Man. friends, to hurt my friends' feelings, especially one that supports the show, that yeah, hurts she's me. a big supporter of the show. That's supporter. the thing is I wanted to show her respect. Yeah. Number two. Okay, number two. How are you guys just going to put that on the podcast that you threw me under the bus on the Guitar Hero competition yeah. and that you totally, like, I have this... Yeah. Max, he lets you win. <laughs> he lets you win. Here's but what I have to say, though, is that everybody knew it. When you say that, you're it. negating like he could have won. Because we'll never know. Because you let him win. Yeah. And you know what? That makes me look like a little bitch on this podcast. <laughs> but you How know... How are you going to do that can, to me? You get to hear the reluctance with which I... Said that. Oh, look, we all admittance. know that the person poking the bear over here is Chase Williams. He, just <laughs> over here, he you know, like, sit under his breath and he say, hey, go back to that. But how you fucking let Max win the Guitar Hero competition. <laughs> and for those who don't know, I was uh, the king of Guitar Hero for a while. And yes. The king we without a crown. Awesome Guitar Hero competition. It was going to be all great. And then I was going to play my buddy Hunter. It's going to be a nice, solid match between two really solid competitors. And it was and just so painfully <laughs> obvious to me the entire audience that he let me win what we were playing. And he denied it up until like maybe a year ago. No, not a year ago. Two years ago. I'm just saying, how can you call yourself the champion knowing that, you know, he let you win? I mean, that's true. At least it's between me and Hunter, though. We can all agree that it wasn't Chase. (laughs) (laughs) I think through the many times of me playing Chase in the past, you know, year, past three years, past six years, however far you want to go back. I'm pretty consistent that I was number one. <laughs> number three. Okay. Who was the asshole that said that bananas aren't good for you? They're not good for you. He's what makes that. bananas not good for They're you? They're so high in sugar, it's ridiculous. They are not that high in sugar. They're the highest they in sugar out of any fruit. are barely any higher in sugar than apples, and that's your favorite fucking food. 
No, your favorite fucking fruit. They're in, they're so high in sugar and they're high in fat. And that's good, but the good kind of fats. There's similar fats as uh, it isn't like avocados and things like that. And me, somebody who, you know, very slender guy, handsome guy, but wouldn't mind putting on a few extra pounds here and there. <laughs> I am very like people. I have been told by nutritionists to load up on bananas as much as possible. The reason I said that was because there is a huge group of people out there who think that I could just eat bananas all day and I'll be healthy. And if you do that, you're going to be very unhealthy. That's not true. You wouldn't be very unhealthy. You would be eating you so much sugar that it would all not be used and just turn into fat. If you're saying that if you're somebody who exercises regularly and eats tons of bananas, you'll still get fat? You know what, Max? No, that's not true. You're saying that some couch potato <laughs> hanging out, playing video games all day, munching on bananas would get fat. Yeah, that happens with everything for the most Couch part. potato, regardless, is probably going to get fat. Yeah, right? I just wanted to hash that out, that banana, because you guys were, you guys went over some topics that I just wanted to make sure that I got my input on. Favorite fruit? Banana. Banana's the best fruit of all time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, number one. Easy. I, wow. Tastes okay. not too sweet, Granted. delicious, very snacky. You need to grab it on the go, throw that bitch in your backpack. Nope. It, comes you in carrying carrying it comes in a carrying you? case. And if you're so lazy that you just want to go outside, like, I'm going to throw this, you know, like regular people <laughs> throw it out the window. That's cool, man. <laughs> The banana peel just goes right back into the world. It's biodegradable. Why now, can't if, we if you that? If you have a beef with me about it being not, not healthy, then you have a beef with Andrea Williams. So you need to take up that matter. Andrea Williams says that it's not healthy for you? Yeah. She has a Get her on the show. <laughs> Get her on the show. I would Mother love to hash it out. Tear her <laughs> <down>. Super <laughs> deep cuts. I'm coming for you, Andrea Williams. Super deep cuts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Thank I, you for the cookies. and the the banana complex that we have coined? What's that? The idea that when you start having a banana, you open a banana peel, you know, you open it, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be good. You know, I open this banana peel, it's gonna be mm-hmm. good. You take the first bite, it's okay. But then whenever you get like halfway, maybe even a little bit mm-hmm. more into a banana, it's really not that you say, good. What? It's just kind of like yeah, it's eh. just a made-up complex that you just made up on the spot. You can say that I about anything. I know other people that feel the same way. As Look, like, but regardless of the complex, we're here for deep cuts. <laughs> And what deep cuts means is that we're not going to be doing the normal show. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be reviewing a beer, even though we had plenty of those before we got here. Yeah. Instead, we're going to be offering up conversation points that we can dive into. Okay. Yeah. So, let's get started. I started. <laughs> this is episode two of Deep Cuts. Now, Max, you said that you have a lighthearted question. So I do. You're well, going to go first. It's just something that I wanted to kind of bring up because I know that uh, we're all in different spots in our educational realm. You guys are about to graduate, and that's like super awesome. I see some pretty shiny rings on you guys. That's super cool. If you like it, thanks. You should get a ring one on. Too, I will man, get a ring yeah. pretty soon. I mean, I still got like you know a year and a half or so before I graduate. It just bothers me how many people don't get it. It's like it's it cool, bothers man. me too about yeah. how many people don't get the ring. Yeah, yeah. It's you a, should be it's prideful. Like a nice, yeah, it's like a you nice still be thing prideful to without rem- wearing it. Yeah, you can be prideful without wearing it, but it, it just like it's one of those reminder things. It's like yeah, it's like, something you earned. I'm gonna be very real with you guys. I'm not getting it a ring. Really? Come on. And that's not my question. We can deep cut that out some other Come time. Come on. Okay. You know, so what's your question? <laughs> what's your question? I just want to say you guys are gonna be graduating soon. You guys are gonna be starting your real big boy lives. Um, <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say, is there anywhere that you guys want to go within the United States? I don't want to go into the whole world about where you'd want to live, but okay. what kind of area? And like specifically, not just like a specific like state or whatever, but like you guys live in Austin right now, which is like a city, but not really like city city mm-hmm. life, it's you not, know, for the most not part. Ur- like super urban. It's, it's not very urban. It's city. resisting its growing up period. Exactly. I would say. Yeah, I would say that. So I was kind of wondering, do you guys have like any opinions to where you guys want to like stay in the Austin area? Do you guys want to stay in Texas? Do you guys want to move to the East Coast? What kind of and like do you want to go somewhere rural? Do you guys want to go live in a big city for a little while? Go just start your life in the suburbs? Like what are you guys going to do after this year? And are you going to base it more around like whatever job you get? Or are you yeah. going to base it around like we're going to go somewhere and get a job in that place? Right. You know what I mean? Um, Hunter, as... I think you have a little bit more insight into what this next year is going to bring for you. So I want you to start your question. I want you to answer this first. I can do that. Easy. So I'm, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a job uh, with PwC next September. And so I'm going to live in, in Houston. Right now, recently what I've been thinking would be cool would be to start my career in Houston, to do everything that I really like want to do to kind of like 
platform my career and get it on good level to where like I establish my name professionally on a in Houston, and I do all that shit maybe for like ten years or so, and then maybe decade. move back to ten years Austin. Is a while. A decade in Houston is yeah. a long time. I've been there for but like maybe, eight months. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> it's pretty whack. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about Houston, like the city of Houston, but maybe like this, at least the city and suburb. You know, like if the I Woodlands went, counts as a suburb, right? Yeah. So, so well, I, yeah. I'm not saying I want to go back to suburb. the Woodlands, though. I mean, but you'd be willing to be that far outside of it? Yes. Okay. I'd be willing to go to. Well, the Woodlands is pretty far. It's 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 yeah. almost an hour's drive in in a normal morning's traffic to get to Houston for, for the, the most part. But what makes you like want to stay in the Woodlands? Is it like your friends and family? Or no, like, I or I stay like near that area. I don't want to stay near Woodlands. The only reason I'm going to Houston is because of my career. Yeah, and because I think that Houston is the most like, at, at least for me, it's the best way for me to be able to kind of like platform my career. And I already know, I already have my job there and stuff. Yeah. And like I already understand the marketplace and stuff. I think it's yeah pretty important to like kind of realize about why Houston's so big. It isn't so necessarily because like Houston offers anything like fun wise <laughs> that's yes. like that much better than yeah. anybody else but it's like economy wise that's why there's so many people and it's there. people yeah. dude it's there's people, a lot of yes. good people it's Houston, like if you want to get your name out there if you want to go do something when it comes to like especially what you're going into like yeah it's oil and gas base right i read uh yeah it's, like, it's, it's auditing it's auditing accounting. yeah accounting, so it's, yeah. it can be applied to anything it can like, yeah go on anything and that's where you're going to find more applications is that. yeah but i read a really good article about like why houston is good against other states or whatever it's just like it's not necessarily like specific things you can do here that you can't do at these other places mm. it's like the people that are there and the people that live there you know like houston is just a good it's a solid town i think for the most part there are yeah, definitely bad parts just like other cities and stuff but for the most part i think it's just solid so yeah. I, would, I would like to start my career there and then maybe move back to austin like going yeah. to a suburb of austin like start my family i want to stay in texas i like texas like yeah i'm I mean, proud texan I max love texas. you live in houston yeah. what are your pros and cons of it uh, it's still like new to me as far as like city life goes. I just don't like. I'm pretty close to the city area. I'm not in downtown, but I'm uh in like a more populated area, which is like the Heights area. Yeah, That's but the like Heights is supposed to be like the place to be. You it know? is the place to be. It's cool. I mean, there's a lot of cool things in Houston, but it's like for like for me, it's hard for me to argue that like there's a lot of cool bars and a lot of cool spots in Houston because there's really gonna be that many plus some more in like a lot of other cities, even in Texas, like Austin, like even in San Antonio, and I've even heard in Dallas, like. Dude, and even Dallas in uh, so lame. yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> I've even heard in like Denton and stuff. There's like a lot of great places to sort of hang out and do stuff. It's like uh, I I like Houston because it's like refreshing and like I do like the idea that I can like walk everywhere and that there's like a lot of really like interesting places that I can go. And I have found a few little niche places that I like to go, like a comic book bar or whatever. And like mm. that's cool, but. For the most part, I really don't like city living at all. Mm. I really don't like living next to that much of a populace. I would love to much rather live on the outskirts and be able to drive into Why? It. Like, what bothers you about it? So crowded. Everything becomes so much more of a process. I feel like uh, planning things has become a lot more of an element in my day-to-day life. Everything needs to be mapped out or else I'm going to get real God messed up. Forbid. And it's going to be, dude, like, you say that. But, I mean, I, you know, I go 45 minutes outside of the city to go to my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to drive into downtown to go to school. I have to drive to, in, like, the opposite side of the Houston to go to my other job. And it was just, like, I felt like half, I spent so much time behind the wheel. Yeah. It's, I spent so <laughs> much time uh, processing, like, learning where to, like, park uh having to deal with like traffic or like different sort of uh circumstances that had to come up and it was just something that like i really wasn't into when i i know so many people that live down in like huntsville and live down in conroe and like they just like have right. such an easy breezy life yeah. in that aspect of it and yeah. they're really not doing anything that that's like much less than me like my argument is like well you don't get to come out to like these cool bars yeah. and things like that. When really the only reason I go out to those places is to because hang out with people. my friends yeah. and <laughs> to, you know, go to trivia. Like the, what, yeah. you don't have trivia down there? Like it's just more, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that interested in like that sort of element of the city as much. But I mean, you know, I, it's nice. I mean, it's a cool city. I do think that there are cool places to go. And, uh, but I think it's just something that I would like, I would make a trip out to go do, and then I would much rather come home to somewhere quiet. And but to your like question, that. do you know where you might want to? No, I mean, it's just something that I've been thinking about. And like when I was going to think about like an area that I would like to be in, 
I have no attachment to Houston at all. Yeah. I have no okay. attachment to Houston. Right. If I was going to stay in Houston, it would be for like some other like reason. Like Maybe I got a job right out of school and somebody offered me the, that in Houston. The attachment to Houston I have is just that those will be the sports teams that I cheer for forever. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, it. I'm a huge, I, that's I'm cool. a huge Houston Texans and Rockets fan. That's that doesn't cool. mean I need to live there, but yeah. I, I know for that's the rest gonna of my life. That's going to always be. Yeah, I mean, like when it comes to my heart, it will always be in Houston. <laughs> But um, as far as my physical being, I have no problem. I was like, I feel like I've been not like sheltered, but like I've only lived in like a few solid places and they're all really close. And I would really love to just venture out and like live somewhere far away. Yeah, I would love what, to move. What away. seems adventurous, though? Um, event- Well, not like adventurous. It's just like I want to live somewhere that's like known for more of like it's like beauty in the fact of it's like landscapes. Like I've heard a lot of great things about Maine. I've heard a lot of great things about Maryland. I would love to live somewhere where it like seems more. Not so like cluttered and not so because yeah. that's the main vibe that I get from everywhere. Space, I want maybe. more. I'm a big open space guy. Even when it comes to like how I like you know organize my life or like my surroundings, I like it to be open and spacious and breezy and like that's just like literally <laughs> how those states sound to me. And like and yeah, that just, sounds nice. Yeah, it really does. And like <laughs> I, I'm just not that into. I'm just I'm so over that whole like crowded like city yeah. scene. I just don't want to live there. I just don't think I do. What sounds really attractive to me going forward is a place that kind of is in between an urban landscape, but also with the possibility of being at like a state park within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to camp and be outdoors and walk trails and see sites and stuff like that yeah. over the next 30 years. Uh-huh. Um, I want to see like really impressive landscapes I've never seen before. I want to see big ass trees and mountains and stuff like that. But I also really enjoy that urban landscape. I, I like being able to ride my bike places or being able to walk places like we did tonight. And play, not only not, not just a place to be, but a place that has personality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. And, and that's tough to find. You, you know, it's not just because a place is a bar doesn't mean that there's a difference between tailgaters and workhorse. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, sure, they may have every play everywhere you go is gonna have bars, but I want I want a different approach to bars and and just you know or, or I want to be able to go to a place that like is really unique. Like this place uh, on Wednesday does jazz nights and arcade tournaments, just random stuff that I feel like you don't you don't get that sort of c- like hybrid complexion from rural areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. For me, part of it is like I want to be able to live in a place that it really depends on like where I'm at in my life. You know, like if I'm if I have a family, it's going to be different from if I'm like a single guy just like going out and living, trying to do my thing. You know, I would I would probably want to live in more of like a city, like bustling place with a lot of things going on. If I was just like a city guy Mm -hmm. and, you know, I could go out at night and like have friends to go meet up and stuff. But Honestly, the suburban life, if you're in, like, a family sort of situation or, like, suburban with maybe more of a rural tent as far as we're under, you know, as far as we're concerned because I, if, if there was a, a way that I could change my upbringing, I would want it to be a little bit more ruralized. I would want it to be a little bit more, like, have open space, kind of be, like, separated, less clutter. And so – but, like, ultimately the suburban life isn't a bad thing for me. I, I think that I could imagine – bringing my family up in a suburban sort of like setting and uh, but I, I i see raising kids in an urban lifestyle is almost like a challenge because i didn't have that mm-hmm. and it's not like just because what do you're, mean you didn't have that in a suburban you grew up in the woodlands yeah we were suburban i'm talking about oh you and know, like urban, urban. yeah oh, just, just oh. having like an urban yeah, tent I don't know. Yeah. to where it would be completely different so if if i was the one raising a kid there I would almost get to try to apply all the stuff that I had in a different environment to one that they were in yeah. and letting them have like seeing a, a kid have a different environment and how that would just come across and whatever challenges that would bring would almost be refreshing. Yeah. You I don't know? think that like I would change where I was because of my family other it, unless it was like something that was like unsafe or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, city life versus suburban life versus rural life really wouldn't change. If I had a family, I don't think. I think I could raise a family in any of those spots. I think I would. I think I would think about where I was to raise my kids. Like the only thing where I'd want to raise my kids is different than like where I want to be in my prime time. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and, and what <laughs> I would what I would think about for kids is just like what's got the who where has the best schools? Yeah, schools and, and just it. like I want them to be a little bit separate from people a little bit. You know, like I want to be able to kind of like wrangle them in from all the whatever they're going to come across. So know? Hunter said he's cool with staying in Texas mm-hmm. wherever he may end up, whether it be Houston or a little outside of it. You and I have not put an actual answer out there. So Geographically. I will go ahead and do that. If it's in the United States, I want to live somewhere in between um, we'll, we'll use like San Francisco as the southernmost point and then maybe a northern area of like Oregon or Washington. So where West Coast, essentially. Yeah. You're going out to the West Coast. And East Coast has this element of romance to it where it's it's a, you know, we're so far removed from it. And the only way we really consume it is through ways that it's shown to us, yeah. whether yeah. through TV or movies that might make it seem stylized and cool. And it very well might be, but I don't know if that warrants me going there and then realizing it's such a big culture shock that, yeah. I, made a, that I made a mistake. Yeah. You yeah. know, it is. A, it, it, I think it would be a culture. But shock that's just like kind of why I want to go out there is because I'm in like the mood for a culture shock. Huh? W- yeah. I mean, why are you bored? Very bored. I'm very bored with um, not so much like the people I'm around, but just like, you know, the day to day things and like these little like parts of people's lives and like the way people act that I'm so used to now that it's becoming to get like redundant in that way. And um, so, I just kind of want to be somewhere on the East Coast. Definitely somewhere like Maine or Maryland or somewhere. And like what that. about those particular is it the fact that it's maybe a fishing village where. You can go out to this one spot that just got clams that morning, and, and just that's because what you do, I feel like um, also in the East Coast, everything is so close together that like if I wanted to travel to like different spots and like see different cultures, it's way different than traveling around um, Texas because Texas is so big that like a road trip here is like traveling across Texas. But, yeah. Like a road trip <laughs> in the East Coast is going through like four or five states. Yeah, yeah. you know, and Absolutely. I would love to just be able to visit different spots in different states because like even you know up there, it's a big difference between like New Jersey, a big difference between New York. Big difference between New Hampshire, Vermont, all these different places that I would love to go see, and that really wouldn't be far out of reach if I lived in the East Coast. And there's so much history there too. Yeah, there's so much American history there. Yeah, perfectly justifiable. I think that's cool. I think I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's pretty yeah. much all we have to say on that. Now, Hunter, we're gonna we said we're gonna you're, you're gonna go last. I think so. Yeah, I'm still kind of thinking. So I'll bring my question up now. I, what I want to do is talk about hype tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to go see Interstellar in a couple hours, okay. and I want to know what what role does hype play in in sort of ruining things at sometimes. Now I feel as though I've done a very good job at not letting myself get overly excited for this movie, where it gets to the point that I've you get so excited for something that that means that you have to say it's good, or else you've invalidated like three months of excitement, you know. Yes. So, how detrimental to hi- like to a a product can hype be? I think that that works in the opposite way, and that overhyping is much more common than underhyping, or like going somewhere and like feeling that you have to like, oh, I watched this movie, or I watched this band, or I heard this album, and like I just I gotta say it's good because I've been so hyped about it. I feel like a lot more people are gonna del- go like, to see these movies and they're let th- down. I, yes, a lot so more because see. I feel that way about Interstellar. I think Interstellar like. It has the. I it think has there's the a lot of hype, and it's, it has got a lot of potential to let everybody down. And I've uh, I've read a few like critic reviews on it, and like that's exactly how people were reacting. As see, but I refuse to read reviews. Um, yeah, I movies. do agree that because I feel like critic reviews also hold things to like everything is reviewed to such a ridiculous standard nowadays. So yeah, it's, like, yeah, outrageous. But, but I mean, that's, that's just the that's idea I mean. behind it. I don't it. I don't think hype can. Uh, you know, it's a double edged sword. It's it's hype can can make someone say that something was good when maybe that wasn't warranted, Mm -hmm. but it can also really show faults in a light that's a little too intense as well. Yeah. And I I look at even, uh, like look at destiny that had like six months of like, I think video games get it really bad too, where you have six months of trailers and, and all this stuff. And you're just like, you're bursting to, to finally play it, and when you get it, you're like, oh, it's it's just a game. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I think that there's different kinds of hype, too. I mean, I feel like there's this, like, universal consensus, f- like, uh, formal sort of hype. You know, whenever you think of movies, you're like, we whenever we went to the bar and we watched John Wick, it's like, oh, well, I heard, like, three or four different instances just within ten minutes of people being like, well, this was this percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 
And that's like what people use to rank what people think about that movie. And it's like that's sort of like a formalized version of hype. But then there's also like user review where like you're talking to your friend and you know your friend's preferences and like the things that that person likes. And then whenever that person went and saw that movie, they were like, oh, that movie sucks. But you're like, well, that person doesn't know that those movies are good anyway. So you like weigh what that person said versus like how you how much you know them. So I think that hype is sort of like however much you take in, you know, like it, different people are going to be exposed to different amounts of hype and different like the amounts of hype in the different regards, for whether or not it's formal or informal forms of hype are going to like play differently to you. But, but it's just like it's just like whether or not you're willing to let those things like play a you know a, a calling card in in your overall perception of the movie even in your approach to it but don't know? you think it's kind of hard to avoid some of that well, hype yeah, now because yeah we're bombarded with advertisements every single day but at that, least 5000 on average that's what i'm kind of getting at though is you have these movies that start re- releasing trailers over a year before it comes out even not even that but like announcements are getting ridiculous like when you talk about like marvel announcing everything and getting literally 6 years in advance all of the movies that they're going to do. Yeah. That and is, now I have to like, like, that's going to almost like dehype it after a while. It's just yeah, going like, like, okay, well, to like, me knowing about it now. fulfilling their thing that they I told me about six within, years ago. I feel like when something is like announced, like I'm willing to like really like wait and stay hyped for like six months or like uh, maybe up to like a year. A year but is still long. That's way though. too long. But I mean, I'm saying like up to like, I would like to hear about it a year in advance. I'd like to see a trailer six months in advance and I would like to see the movie with those marvel announcements especially in the dc ones it's almost it's almost as if okay with this schedule i know where i will be in five years on this date you know and that's strange and i it's especially odd too because when when people would go see these marvel movies it's you would go watch the movie you wait till the credits rolled you watch the clip that came afterwards and then you got excited for whatever came next and there was like a water cooler moment. It was like, yeah. did you see the movie? Yeah, I did. What do you think about this? Oh, did you see the hint? Yeah, I saw the hint. What do you think that means? But now it's like, that's all gone now. Yeah, well, everybody knows what's coming up next. And that's yeah, everyone like... knows now. But I don't think we know everything because they've like, they, they keep announcing all, like there's a few new movies for new characters, but I mean, that doesn't like, I think the real hype lies within, like, what are they going to do within these movies? Like, what kind of characters are going to be announced within these movies? And how are they going to, like, approach these movies like that? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, not to, like... What are the odds that they, one even gets canceled? Uh, they spoke too soon, they almost, you know? I think they almost canceled Ant-Man, right? Are you serious? They almost did. I that think they would not surprise me whatsoever. It. That was supposed to be a part of Phase 2, Marvel. And I'm not sure if they're going to try to get it out before Age of Ultron or what. But because hmm. Age of Ultron is supposed to be the end of phase two. And is Age of Ultron the second Marvels? Avengers movie. Yeah, second, the, Avengers. Uh, second <laughs> Avengers. My bad. The Marvels. The, mar- <laughs> the second Avengers. Marvels or Marvels. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Then, I mean, um, ultimately, I get kind of bummed out. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like uh, this this thing where we can't really escape. It's like we want to – everyone wakes up every day and, like, so many people's job is to be updating the world with, like, yeah. the little bits of info that they got from this person about this thing. And so they just blow it up into this fucking – It's so easy to find out information. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so like easy Internet to is get this so information. Avail- information is so available, even whether or not it's valid or not. You know, it's like that's just the information that we have. It's not like – it's a set in stone thing. People yeah. just throw it out on the internet. So, you know, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard day in and day out to shield yourself from hype. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's I I, I do think I I think that it kind of. I just think that it sucks that what it, what it's sort of coming to to me is that you measure how you feel about the product compared to how you felt about the hype and not about the actual product. Yeah. Right. You know because. Yes. With inter, you know, we'll take Interstellar. I think I've I've done a really good job at staying out of trailers and staying out of information, just so I could go and view it because I'm so excited for it. And if and then I look at um, Dumb and Dumber, where Dumb and Dumber, the first one, is such a pivotal part of what I think was funny at yes. such a young age that if I don't go into that movie and like it, it's gonna really hurt. Yeah, you know. So you almost you. You take hype, and that is that becomes the barometer for your opinion. 
And I just think that can be destructive because it's not the actual product that you that you're measuring to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we said that before in the podcast where it's like if you take the if you take a six out of a ten movie, right? And if they have a trailer that's a four out of a ten, and you go and see the six out of ten movie, you're like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. But then if you it's go relative, but if aspect. but if the trailer looked like it's going to be an eight out of ten, then you're like, that movie sucked. Yeah. You know, comparatively. So, yeah, it it really does. It frames your expectations going into it. Um, but again, it's just like how much you're willing to let it frame you. I and mean. Just, like nowadays, it's so easy for us to find out the information for us. Is that like them announcing all these movies? Is like it has to do with the fact that it's so easy for them to get information out to us now. To where like if they were going to try to announce this many movies, it would be almost like rumor aspect ten years ago. If that's how they yeah. were going to say like you know like oh I heard Marvel's going to do like a Black Panther movie and I heard Marvel's <laughs> going to do like a new the new Captain America is going to be a Civil War movie and like. It was a lot more like that, so it was a lot more left up in the air. Where now we're like we're given the facts that it's just like yeah. so yeah. dull and so like yeah. boring now. To where like yeah, we hit it, we're like oh cool, and then we're like look so, at our watches, so and we're just that. like okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's about it. Yeah, and that kind of that's kind of a bummer, man. It kind of takes away that sort of like you know like the majestic, special, yeah, exactly yeah. that like you like hope to that it. people can withhold everything stuff from is, you still, yeah, today, dude. You it's know? like almost, it's so hard to not hear information yeah. now. To where before we were like scrounging to find it. Yeah, and people yeah. like really appreciate when people can withhold stuff. Like, it, it's 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 funny like how much people appreciate appreciate that now. Where like somebody's like somebody's been really quiet about this thing, and like yeah, nobody really knows like DL. what it's gonna be. But like everyone's super stoked about it. Yeah, you know, and it's like even yeah, even even being quiet is hype in and of itself. Yeah, you don't even have to hype something up in order for it to be hyped. Yeah. You know. Is this something that's new, though? Do you think this... Yes. I mean, uh, the, the internet is a huge part of it, I think. You know? Yeah. I guess, I guess so. I mean... Without the you, interaction. Do you think that's just the biggest proponent of... Internet? Uh, yeah. Yes. The hype. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Internet is like the... Is the the global... You know, the, the, the worldwide first stage of interaction, in my opinion. It's like... It's like the the next step beyond being able to speak, essentially. You know, it's like okay, we can speak to each other and communicate with each other and understand each other. Okay, well, let's do it in a way that everyone can do it with each other. It's like that's the next step, and there will be probably many other steps beyond it. But and like the step I feel like after the, that is Marvel movies. I feel like <laughs> the, <laughs> I feel like the, the you know the the internet is sort of like uh, civilization and humanity's first step into like a, a communication that involves everybody. So. Yeah, in a way, there is backlash. There's there's like information that you almost don't even want to be fed. But if you're gonna be in if you're gonna be in a relationship day in and day out with internet, you know, you're gonna be <laughs> come across that stuff. So I don't know. It's a give and take. I think. Do you think it's it's our fault for letting hype affect us, or do you think it's the company's fault for trying to hype us or the way they handle? Hype I mean, and information. Fault is. I know uh, fault's a silly word for it, but I think that it like I feel like the companies are company and like the media and like the internet are responsible for it more than people. I don't think that's something that's changed in people nowadays. I feel like if we were still like given this kind of information that we are now ten years ago, it would still be like as bad as right. it is now. I just think that the way we got the information was so different last, like, 10 years ago. That's the biggest difference. It's not people have evolved to a different point. Yeah. I don't think, like, there's, yeah, I don't think the so. The way I look at trailers is it's kind of like when you take a food, right, and you take the best aspects of those food and, like, the most irrefutable, validated aspects of those things. You take it out of context, right, and then you present somebody with that and you're like, oh, well, that food's going to be great for me, you know, or that food's going to be awesome. But then, you know, whenever you start, like, because people, I can't blame trailer, people that make trailers and that are, you know, looking at the cuts of these movies, right, and they're supposed to make trailers and advertise for these things and get as many people as possible into the theaters. I can't blame them for making the best trailer that they can. It's not their job to be like, hey, make sure you don't show too much. It's like, make sure you get as many people into this thing as possible in this time frame, <laughs> you know? And so I can't blame them for doing that. But at the same time, whenever you give across the best parts of the movie in that trailer... It's a huge bummer. Yeah it's, yeah, it's BS, you know? it's You can't enjoy... 
you didn't get the full experience of that movie, what the director was trying to get across, because you didn't take it with a clean slate. You already knew that part was going to happen. So it's like, not, and you know, mo- for the most part, trailers don't give, a, give away the best parts, but there's a lot of parts, there's a lot of times where trailers do stuff where you were like, I wish I wouldn't have saw that in the trailer. Yeah. You know, I think everyone can admit that. Absolutely. At least every once in a while. All right, well, let's go ahead and put the kibosh on that section. Okay. Have you thought of, of one have. you want to bring? <laughs> it's pretty open end. It's not really like super bounded with a whole lot of uh, you know precision, but I have an, a general idea okay. of what I would like to ask. All right, pose it. So it, we have social media and all this kind of stuff. These are tools that we use to try and interact with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Day in, day out, we wake up. We want to be able to hang out with our friends. We want to, um, you know, be in an environment where we felt like we're surrounded by people that we love and that love us. My question is, is basically, like, how much do you think that social interaction is and or should be something that you really value and is, like, the thing that, like, one of the, one of the biggest driving aspects of your life you know because i think that i see a lot of different things where it's like think about people that just live out in like you know indian tribes or like native american tribes or something there's they don't know a whole lot of people or anything they're not surrounded by people they're more just like survival instinct kind of stuff you know that that whole lifestyle it's like they can do that and that for their entire life and they don't need to be they don't need social media and they don't need you know 50 people validating their existence in order for them to feel good about themselves. So it's like, at what point should we draw a line where, like, we're okay with this many friends or we're okay with this amount of social interaction in order for us to feel like, you know, you know, we're validated? I think we're a product of our, I think we're a product of, like, our generation and the fact that, like, I think we grew up during a very crucial development years with MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> and space yeah. was big for us. Exactly, we're the why generation of social media. Generation, we are the generation of social media, and that's why we use it as a validation point. When like some people don't understand it because they don't, they never like were introduced to that when they were developing because they developed differently socially. So yeah. like, it's basically you're saying it's been ingrained in our yeah growth. Yeah, but it's so hard to keep up with everyone. You know, you want to be able to, you you know, it, it's hard enough to be able to meet somebody in a happenstance thing and like enjoy their company and then never talk to that person again. But now it's like, if you're really going to be interested in that person, you can get that person's phone number, you can text them and then you have to like, you know, get a part of their social media and like show them that you're, you know, you want to keep in touch with them by like, then you start making this huge amount of contacts. Like I have, you know, 30 people that I want to, interact with day in and day out that I can't that is it's not a plausibility really but then where's the cutoff you know it's like are you cool with just interacting with a couple people every day you don't or? think that social media and like Facebook makes that possible because that's it like does why make it possible, but a why is it po- like why do we need that though it's like uh, what is the cutoff why you know like I mean yeah I, I get what you're saying but I mean there's like definitely like I have a few solid friends that I could call and like we could talk and like I could eat you know like uh, stay eat updated with you, like, eat pizza <laughs> and watch movies <laughs> and hang out but I mean for people to say like because I hate that argument of people being like why don't you just call them on the phone it's because like Cause you can't call sucks. 30 people yeah, a day say, I can't yeah. call 30 people a day and ask them how they are <laughs> and what they did that day yeah. or like how their life's going like I like to keep <laughs> updated with people and if something like you know great happens to somebody I know I would like to just read it and then be like oh okay great and I'm not gonna dwell over it I'm not gonna like you know I'm not gonna look farther into it than that and that's what I want out of social media so I want to stay updated in some people's lives yeah in a lot of people's lives because I've met a lot of people and I know a lot of great people and I think it's totally valid I'm not I'm not arguing whether or not social media is something that we should or should not uh go after you Mm -hmm. know it's just like what's the point you're not what the point what is the end point like um some people are okay with having a thousand friends and some people are okay with having 15 friends on Facebook, you know, and, and different people ha- like having, like if they only have three or four really good friends, they don't feel like they're validated. But then some people have like 
60 friends and they still don't feel validated. You know, it's like, it's a different, you know, it's different from person to person. I mean, for me, it's like, um, I don't like a thousand people that I've met. So I'm not going to be friends with a thousand people on Facebook. So I have, you know, like a hundred, I've probably met like a hundred something people that I like and I'm friends with them on Facebook for the most part. So I might've slipped through the cracks. I didn't get their Facebook, but I don't know. What I think of is 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 400 years ago. Yeah. These things didn't even exist. Right. Yeah. And the fact that our society in in a matter of like five to 10 years has placed so much emphasis on them kind of freaks me out mm. and maybe sh- is indicative of the fact that they're they're more they're just sort of self-fulfilling and, and toxic and just it's like an insecurity thing almost in I, a way in like a in a mankind way i what i really am looking forward to if if i could get rid of all social media is just being within my own life my own microcosm and just being more independent where I don't need to post a picture of this thing and be like, Hey, should I get this? Or what do you guys think of how this is where I was the other day? Like, why can't I just have that for myself? Mm. Why do people need to know that I climbed the the top of this mountain? Or why do people need to know that I went and got my hair cut today and just little bitty things to, to grand things. Mm. Um, and you're right. It's totally insane to think that you can call some 30 people a day yeah. and keep up with them. But what is the result of not keeping up with them? If that means that you become a little more independent and if you're not const- constantly reaching out to others, what does that mean about yourself? And can that actually be more helpful? Well, I know personally that I am not as good at reaching out to people that I care about. And we talked about this before, but I've been wanting to make better efforts at reaching out to people. I know I don't get in touch with Max hardly ever. No, we keep it pretty chill. Pretty for the chill. Most part. Yeah. I, I, I got in touch with you for my birthday and stuff, but, yeah. you know, it, but the whole thing is, is like. I'm bad at, at it a lot of times, and it's not because I'm just like, I don't care about that person. It's just like, it never really crossed my mind to, to like go through my phone and see like, oh, these are all these people that I haven't talked to in so long, and these are like, I should go and reach out to them and do this stuff. And it's like, should, you know, should the fact that we do or do not choose to the, do those things, because we have the availability, we, we have the communicative ab- availability to be able to reach out to people and do that stuff. It's like, since you have that at your disposal, if you don't do it, are you a dick, kind of, you know? Yeah. It's just it, it's just weird that people straight up get anxiety from not from being away from social media. They get anxiety that they're missing out on something. They get anxiety that they're not like, keeping up with the minutiae of what their friends are doing and, you know, like you said, checking up on the great things that are happening to people. But I think learning about those things through a person-by-person interaction, even if it may be six months later after it happened, but let's say it takes you that long to hang out with one of your friends that you care about, having that conversation in person I think is so much more valuable than it is just reading it in a text field the the second it happens. Yeah, I don't think anyone would argue against that, though, you know. But if that's why, if that's the reason that we're using, then, then why are we choosing that? Because it's what's available, you know. Sometimes, it's it's convenience versus quality, kind of, you know. And I think I think America's become a society of gr- being granted conveniences that are at our disposal, at our, at you know. So when we can talk to somebody, and it's like easy to just be like, oh well. I thought this thing, what's up? And it's funny and you just interact with it. It's it's easier to just text that than to like call them and be like, hey man, and like go through the whole effort of, you know. Well, speaking of how America has been more convenient, I would say America is more product-based. And I think social media has turned, has made us think of ourselves as a brand and as products where you have to cultivate how you are in the social media sphere and let's let's get followers and let's get friends and let's only post these things because they make us funny or they make us inspirational or insightful. I just think that's a digital version of life though. I mean life is the 
is the ultimate collection of doing all those things, but in not a digital way. Yeah. But I think being like turning yourself into like, okay, I want to be this way on the internet. When do you when do you start just being yourself and stop being stop doing things so you can put them on the internet? You know, I think you're viewing like really extreme versions of people that take these like social media. Like I think there people do have that kind of problem, but I think for the most part, not everybody does have that problem. Yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah. associate really myself with people who have those kind of problems, and that's that's why I find it hard to like find this as an argument that I don't think that like these people are doing that to me. And I feel like I can tell when people are like acting differently or like treating themselves as a product on Facebook or something like that. I don't I don't think I do that. I don't think any of you guys do that. I don't right. think most of my friends do that. What do I you think th that everybody has their own digital personality though. I think that I think having a digital self exists. The fact Ultimately that everything that you do online is a digital footprint of what you do and like the fact that you kind of make up who you are. You get to choose what's on there. Yeah. Means you're crafting yourself. Right, yeah. I agree. Even it doesn't matter and it even goes to what websites you browse and what, you know, but Google searches you search. It's the same as like, like telling somebody. You get to choose what you tell somebody. Yeah, I know. But but then but it's the same, right? And when you ask somebody in real life a question it's it sort of like lets other people know like your thought process and people kind of get to know know you through the question that you just mm -hmm. asked or posed, and so it's the same way digitally. You know, if if there's a footprint of you like being or asking this or posting this thing, like you, if anything, it was a not spur of the moment thing. You thought about that and you put it on there, and it's like yeah. There, I think I think that having like a digital personality and a digital self is like a huge thing. And like, that like people don't really think about really that much is like what I put online and what I put, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter what form of internet media it is. Those things are all ultimately going to be considered in your like internet persona, just like what you are putting out as yourself, you know? And I don't know. It's, it's something to consider, I think, more so than a lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you know, a thing. It's like, no, that's kind of like what you're putting out and, like, saying about yourself. That's what you're doing. Even the cultural movement of the selfie bothers me, to be completely yeah, well, honest. Well, that's annoying. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think you just, like, associate, like, yeah, I mean. But in yeah. this way, it's just why, why do I need to constantly fill my news feed with pictures of myself? Why? It's just like I hate people like that. That's it. I don't associate <laughs> with people like that, and I hate that, and I hate a lot of things about like popular culture and about popular mainstream culture. And I do think that that's like destructive and toxic, but there's always been destructive and toxic things in popular culture. Here's something that I'll tell you about pictures and stuff that I think, and like even it goes in with social media and stuff. I look at pictures and the fact that we have phones and stuff almost as like an autobiographical tool. It's like a way to show, like, this is my life, and this is the things that I'm doing in my life. I was here this day. I was doing this thing this day. Blah, 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 blah. And even though it's, like, shallow on, like, a day-to-day -day basis, like, ultimately, if you took a lot of the things that you took pictures of, just you doing selfies in your life, and, like, you say you died, and you had all these different things that you took yourself doing selfies of, even though on a day-to-day -day basis it was super shallow, when you look back on it, it's like that was – me making a footprint of the things that I did in my life and, like, recognizing that and taking a picture of it. So, like, in that way, I don't necessarily, like, hate on people for doing that. But, yeah, a lot of times it's super overindulgent and people just being like, I want a selfie of myself and I'm cute. And but my, my point is, is not that you, like, take a selfie, do it, but keep, like, why not keep it to yourself so you can have the footprint for yourself, you know? I think that's perfectly valid to say, I want a record of my life. Because that's a big reason why I do like pictures is because 20 years from now, I want to see what I was doing and yeah. reminisce. I really do. Yeah. But why do I need to be putting that on Facebook? Why do I need to be showing that to other people? Why do I need to, okay, well, this morning I'm about to go do this, these things. And I just did these things. Here's a picture of me. And I hope I get, you know what I mean? Because we're social beings, man. But we were social beings before Facebook and before social media. Yeah, but we didn't have the availability of Facebook before Facebook. Yeah. I think we would have always done it if we had the chance. I think we're using a piece of technology to, yeah, share with people. Yeah. And, like, it can be annoying. I see how it can be annoying. Yeah, but, totally. like, 
if you posted a picture of you doing something really awesome, I would love to see that. If yeah, you posted a I picture would... of you somewhere very interesting, or if you just posted a picture of you just somewhere, I would like to see it just because I like to stay updated with your life, and I'm not going to like... Yeah, but you can see you. it by me texting it to you and stuff like that. Yeah, which but is then something you'd have I to individually do. tell people, hey, guess what? I did this thing, and I want you yeah, to see these but pictures I of me doing to do this that thing. To me yeah, and I, and, me. yeah, you know, like you wouldn't expect... Everyone that has something that they want to show every individual person to text or contact every individual person about everything that they wanted to show them. And especially with like a like comment banter. I do like comment banter and I do like, uh, yeah, the, like even if it's not my own phone. Like I've, I've read a lot of really funny things on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> like a lot of things that made me laugh funny. a lot watching what people say and like <laughs> yeah. people's interactions, especially when like people who you wouldn't get together otherwise. Like, I'm not going to get, like, a gang powwow together with, like, you guys and, like, some of my friends from work and some of my friends that you don't already know. And, like, I'm not going to see that interaction. But I get to see that on Facebook. Yeah. And I think that's cool. That's a good point. Yeah. But I, I do get your point. It's, like, I, I, I think what you're ultimately asking, really, is what are the intentions behind different people's actions when they're putting up their stuff on Facebook? Are they going to feel like, oh, well, maybe what I did wasn't as cool as I thought if they didn't have, you know, 10 people like it, you know, and I put it up on Facebook and everyone saw it, but I only had two people like it, you know, but versus people who literally think that what they did was the, the itch because they had some cool picture and they got 150 likes and they're like, oh my God, that was so badass. It's like, well, was it really that badass or do you think it's that much more badass because everyone validated you through that? Yeah. So... I don't know. That, that that would be kind of how I would frame it. But it was weird. I didn't really like expect my question to really be about social media. It was more so about like how much is the need for being social as a human? You know, like oh, that was incredibly important. Yeah. Aristotle him like one of his biggest focus was to place importance on friendship. Cuz it's funny like whenever you like when you're growing up and you you hear you start hearing different models of like things that humans need in order to survive. One of the things that most people say is like the ability to be able to be social with other people. So I completely agree. Yeah. It's just weird to see the manifest in ways that we may not agree yeah. with. Well, Hunter, thank you for the question. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun <laughs> one. That was a good one. But moreover, Max, thanks for being on the show. Um, it was a pleasure. I don't think it's any exaggerations when I say that when you're on the episodes, it's my absolute favorite time of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. I hope Nick White's listening. <laughs> oh, boy. <Yeah. laughs> don't even use me for that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. But, yeah, oh, thank no. you for being here. Of um, course. Thank you for having that's me. That's been another episode of Deep Cuts, which is, like I said, an off-the-cuff version of the normal episode where we just do whatever we want. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite kind of episode. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like it, too, but... I guarantee you people who don't know us probably aren't. It's <laughs> not for them. Exactly. Or no, it is. They can listen if they yeah, want. It <laughs> might be for you. Yeah. Did you like it? That's no? We hope so. Yes, I did. Yeah. But Witty Banter posts on every Friday, um, so you can hear more of us then. But until that time, for Chase Williams, Max Scott, and Hunter Dorsett, we're out of here. Later. See ya. Peace. Beep, <laughs> 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 <laughs>